Hey, welcome to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Ringe, and this is the space to be for high vibe people looking to create a beautiful life and business. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast, my beautiful friends. I'm so honored to have you all here with me. I am Letitia Ringe, and I hope that wherever you're tuning into from today, that you are having a gorgeous, beautiful, and inspiring day. So today we're going to talk about a topic that I think is so relevant for all of us, given the time of year that we're at. Now, this is also going to be relevant for some of you who might be experiencing or have experienced a similar life transition to the one that I have just been through and to be honest, I'm still going through. So for those of you who are new here, I am a holistic business coach. And on this podcast, I share life lessons and journeys, interviews with inspiring people and little trainings and nuggets of wisdom to help you create a beautiful life and business. So today's episode is filling you in on this next chapter of my recent journey, which has involved me moving home. And what I'm talking about here is that basically for the last four years, I've been living in London. It's where I found my purpose. It's where I started my work as a coach after being in the legal industry for 10 years. So it's where I moved from lawyer to life coach is where I really found and discovered my true self. It's where I learned about personal development. I learned about spirituality and consciousness, and it's where I intentionally created a beautiful life and business for me, which is one that I love, enjoy, and am so inspired by. So my London chapter, those four years, was such an important part of my life journey, as all of our chapters are. And recently, I made the decision with my partner, Lou, to move back to Sydney and not even to move there for good, but just to return to Sydney and then to see where life takes us. So as I discussed in our last episode on episode 72, I transitioned from London to Sydney by spending a month in Bali, two weeks of which I was with Lou and the other two weeks I spent by myself. And that was such a beautiful transition to time as I started to get familiar with this concept of living in the unknown. Now, of course, we are always living in the unknown, right? Because nothing is guaranteed. But what I've done is thrown myself into this new level of what felt like freedom at the time into the complete abyss of the unknown. And I have found that really, really uncomfortable. So if you're in a similar place in your life at the moment where you feel like the living in the unknown has the ante has been increased, go back to that episode and check out some of the tips that I've learned to help navigate that time with more ease and grace for yourself. Now, today I want to take you through my Sydney chapter. I want to take you through the realities of returning home after you've been living somewhere else. Now, the reason that I say that this episode is relevant for all of us, whether you're going through a life transition like this or not, is because at this time of year, We are usually finding ourselves in situations where we will be visiting family or returning home in some way or returning to an environment that we find quite triggering. Uh, 
And also at this time of year, a lot of us are going through a process of perhaps ending a relationship, ending a chapter, ending an old identity. And these are all topics that we're going to be touching on today. So this beautiful chapter that I've been going through, which has been really, really hard, I've got to be honest, it's been so challenging. It's brought up a lot of darkness within myself, but it's also been so important to create space for some really amazing and profound realizations, but also for what this next chapter and new normal is that I'm creating right now. So I want to bring you all in to my life and to these realizations. Throughout this episode, I will be talking very much through the mind. So some of the things that I say might sound quite negative, but I want you to know that even when you've done a ton of work on yourself and even when you might be a coach or a healer or feel like you need to be some version of perfection that we all, regardless of our occupation, seem to hold ourselves to, I want you to know that the mind and the way that we react to these situations is so normal. So while I have been navigating this transition for myself and reminding myself of just how much I love myself and being compassionate and reminding myself that, hey, this isn't the end of the world and that there's so much to appreciate and that everything's going to be okay, I still want you all to see the other, that very dominant voice that's been going on in my head through this transition, because this is real life. And I know that by sharing and being vulnerable about what's going on inside my head and what I've been learning, it will touch the hearts of each of you listening. And because I always know that whatever we're thinking Someone else is thinking that too. And it's not just one person, there's an entire group. So the more that you can show up and be honest and vulnerable and share about your experiences and the truth of what you're actually going through, so many other people get to learn from those insights. So my intention is to help you navigate this holiday season, to help you navigate any relationships in your life that might be ending, including a relationship with an old identity that you have for yourself as we end 2019 and end an entire decade, which by the way, I just managed to completely forget. And every time I remind myself, it's just like, I can't even comprehend it because This is the first like really significant decade of my life that I am reviewing and so much has changed. I was just a young adult 10 years ago, you know, it was the start of my adulthood and it's just wild to think that this is an end of a decade. So I really wanted to call this episode something about navigating the realities of returning home. And I spoke to Lou about, is that an enticing title? And he was like, no, that's not. So actually, if you don't know, one of the things I really struggle with is actually coming up with really curiosity invoking titles. It's just not natural for me. I prefer to just call something like the facts what it is. And I actually recorded this episode once before, and I don't usually re-record an entire episode or I really try to avoid it. I just show up, I have a bit of a plan, and then I talk it through and I receive different things and I develop my thinking as I'm talking. And I 
really love doing that. But this time, after I recorded the episode, I just had so many other insights coming through. And I also realized that this topic is so much broader than the realities of returning home after you've been living somewhere else. This really does touch on the where we all are right now at this point of time. Not only are we at the end of a decade, we're at the end of a year, we're gearing up for the holidays, and we also all seem to be going through a completely new chapter of our existence. Like so many of you are up leveling and are stepping into this chapter of unknown, this whole new identity for yourself. And we're all doing this together because we as a as a community of human beings are all up leveling our consciousness together. So there is just so much so much change happening at the moment. And with the change, although it's so exciting, always comes a phase of grief. And so this is what I want to talk about today, grief. I want to talk about a couple of different topics. I've actually got 10 points that I need to make, so I better get on with it really quickly so I can take you through them all. But we're going to be talking about grief. We're going to be talking about expectations, transitioning, identity, space, freedom, resistance, discomfort. And we're going to talk about how the lessons that I've learned throughout this journey of returning home, how this also applies to our life as a whole, relationships you might have ending in your life, um, circumstances you're finding yourself in in your business. So it really is an episode for everyone. It's an episode for all of us. So right now I am in Cambodia as I record this episode. Life has been so wonderful, so beautiful. I feel like I'm in such an abundant time and mindset in my life at the moment. And I'm so appreciative. There's so much beauty to be experienced where I am. But when I was in Sydney, that is not the headspace I was in. I was in a very difficult time because I was not only returning home, but I was returning home to potentially live and I was returning home to to an unknown plan. Like I didn't even have the plan of staying there. Everything was open-ended, which is so hilarious because this is the freedom that so many of us want. But what I keep realizing throughout my life time and time and time again is that when we have all the freedom in the world, it can actually feel like you have no freedom because it's really hard to make decisions and you have to navigate this place of living in the unknown. So once again, if you want to know more about living in the unknown, go back to episode 72 because I have some great takeaways for you all there. All right, let's dive in. So the first things first is I want to discuss making sure you give yourself some transition time if you are moving somewhere after living somewhere else. So this can be if you're returning home like me, returning to my hometown of Sydney after being in London for four years, or it can be you're moving from somewhere else that you've been living like me in London, but you're moving somewhere else, right? So you might not be returning home. I think the experience is going to be even more dramatic like it was to me for for me returning home. But if you move to another place in the world that you've never been before, that has its own 
um, kettle of issues, like for instance, me moving to Cambodia right now. So know that all of our experiences will be slightly different, but I think what I'm the points that I want to make in this episode are applicable to us all. So the first thing is when you're going through a life transition, such as moving somewhere else or returning home after living somewhere else for a long period of time, whether that be a couple of months, a couple of years, a couple of decades, make sure you give yourself some transition time. For me, this looked like spending a month in Bali. And that was so helpful because by the time I got to that end of the month in Bali, I had let go. I had, I was feeling so magical and flowy and relaxed. The Airbnb host that I stayed at, um, in, uh, stayed with in Ubered, she said to me, you look like you've lost so much weight just in the week that you've been here. And I was like, I know I really feel energetically. I've just let go of so much. And this is because the places that we stay in, we create an identity there, right? It is a relationship that we have. Like I had a relationship with London. The life I had created was a relationship. It was a new identity. And so letting that go and leaving to go into the unknown, it's just like if you're in a relationship with someone and then you decide, look, this isn't the best thing for me. I'm ready for something new. It's time to let go of this relationship. And so then you move into the unknown, which is single life. And then you start to really miss that old comfort of the relationship, right? And you feel there's all of these emotions going on. And you have to go through a process of allowing yourself to let go. So for me, going to Bali gave me that space before going back to Sydney, where I knew that there would be a lot, a lot, a lot of environmental triggers. And the reason I know this is because every single year that I move back, that I go back to Sydney for a visit, and I usually spend like a month to maybe six weeks there. I have experienced the intensity of these environmental triggers. And while each time that intensity has lessened, it's still been really surprising and a shock to my system every time I go back. So I knew that this t- transition to from London to Sydney required me to have some time to myself, to let go of that relationship, to let my mind catch up to speed with what was happening. Like I didn't even, I hadn't really processed that I was leaving London, even through the process of leaving London. When we had our apartment all packed up and I had one of my clients coming through to take some of my plants and like pick out some of the things that we were getting rid of that she might like. And then we had all of these people um, coming over to pick up some of the other remaining things. Lou and I were just looking at each other like, what on earth is happening? Are we actually doing this? Like we love our life in London and suddenly we're becoming even more clingy with the thing that we're trying to get rid of. So this is totally normal. And this is why I think you've got to give yourself some transition time. So Bali for me was that. And by the time I left Bali, I was feeling just so re-energized. I also used the time to work through some just spontaneously some unresolved issues I had from childhood and from my, as a teenager and as a young adult that I had placed in a box and I was happy like not to go in there for quite some time. But suddenly, because I'd created this space for myself and I had this little transition phase, I felt like, you know what, I can take a look in there. And that was really beautiful because it, it's um, also led me to 
using this phase in Sydney to also heal some really old, uh, some old things that needed some healing. So that's my first tip for you. Give yourself some transition time whenever you're transitioning into a new chapter in your life. Now, the second thing is to expect (laughs) to behave in unexpected ways. So what I mean by this is if you are returning home, after living somewhere else for a while, you are going to have lots of environmental triggers. Now, for those of you who are about to go into the holidays and you're about to go back and visit family or be around people that you haven't been around for a long time, you're also going to go through this. If you are navigating moving from a relationship into the life of being single, you are going to have some environmental triggers there too, because you're going to be back in this new identity and phase, and then it's going to bring back all of the memories of being single. And then that's going to start tainting the way that you're looking at this chapter of your journey. So so you see, we can just apply all of these lessons to absolutely everything. If you're going into a new phase of your business where you're up-leveling or it's It's now this like unknown phase. It's going to bring back all of the times you've been a beginner and it's going to feel really uncomfortable and bring back those triggers that you've experienced before. So expect to behave in unexpected ways because you go in with this new lens, this new identity, all of the ways that you've changed over the last however long you've been in this space that you've been occupying. So for me, the last four years in London, I'm now bringing all of that experience, all of those changes, all of this new perspective and insight and learning and this new lens that I have. And then I go back to Sydney and I take all of that with me and I expect to show up in a new way to be really appreciative. I'm so excited to see my family and friends. And then old patterns die hard. So suddenly I feel that I am pulled into an old identity. Suddenly when I'm around my family, I'm behaving in ways that I haven't behaved in for a very long time. Suddenly old emotions and feelings are coming up. Suddenly when I'm around old places that I used to hang out in, I'm feeling the same energy and state that I used to feel that I haven't felt for a very long time. And so my body is literally responding in ways that are completely unexpected, right? Because it's, it's being triggered in a way that I haven't been triggered in the old space that I was occupying. And you feel like, whoa, I've changed. I've had this whole experience. Like maybe it's like, whoa, I've just had this whole other relationship. And now I'm back in this place of being single. And I have like, I'm behaving like I, like I was before I had this relationship and all of this experience. And so this is strange, right? Because you think I've got all of these learnings and all of these lessons, and yet I'm behaving in the same way that I behaved back before I had all of these experiences and learnings. So this, my friends, is exactly what I was going through when I was in Sydney. Suddenly, my excitedness and this celebratory nature that I came with and this beautiful flowing magical state that I was bringing from Bali with me, suddenly I had all of these unexpected triggers coming up, which I call environmental triggers. 
So I was back in my family home. I was behaving like I was as a teenager, as a young adult. I was feeling really emotional. I, my body physically was resisting where I was. As I was going about my old stomping ground, I was in um, spending a bit of time in Redfern and I used to live in Alexandria, which is the suburb right next to it. By the way, the reason I was in Redfern was because I was going to Humming Puppy, which is this yoga studio. It's a franchise. There's one, I think, in New York, Melbourne. I don't know if there's anywhere else in the world. But the studio hums at the vibration or frequency of the Earth's rotation. So it's super cool. You can do all different kinds of yoga and you have this gorgeous hum going on while you're doing it. And it just like for me, I feel like my body just relaxes because Um, it suddenly has this feeling of safety, right? So it was so beautiful. Anyway, um, Redfern is the sub next to the suburb that I used to live in before I moved to London. So I, I lived there for, I don't know, four or five years. And then meanwhile, Redfern is also where the campus of the university is that I did all of my legal studies at. So that's Sydney University. So there's all of these then environmental triggers in those locations that I'm frequently frequenting. There's the environmental triggers of being around my family, being around friends, my like you know friends that I used to hang out with all the time and haven't spent very much time with over the last 4 years, and I find myself slipping back into old patterns of thinking, old patterns of behaving, old patterns of feeling, and I And I just don't know how to control it because this is all happening automatically, right? So we can't underestimate the power of our environments. Environment is stronger than willpower. So I had to just basically observe how I was behaving. One of the things that really struck me was that when I left Sydney, what the emotional state that I was in and I'd been in for a long time was this feeling of, I felt so unmotivated and I felt like I had no creative energy. I didn't have those words to describe it back then, but now I do. Whereas in London, I felt so inspired all the time. I had so much creative energy circulating within me. And so then, and I carried, I brought this with me through to Bali. When I was in Bali, I received so many creative downloads. Like it was, it's just an incredible place to go if you want to um, tap into your creativity. And then I go to Sydney and I'm excited to get to work on these projects. I'm so excited to start Create Your Beautiful Biz with the new round of everybody joining. And I'm so excited to get started with my one-to-one coaching clients again. Like I am excited for this chapter. I'm excited for the new fresh energy I'm going to bring to my work. And yet suddenly I feel like I have this drain on my system. It's like as I'm walking and moving about through life, I have this energetic pull against me. It's like I'm working against gravity. And I feel like no matter what I do, no matter how I move my body, no matter who I'm speaking to, I have something pulling on my energy, sucking it from my body. Now, I really believe that it's not because Sydney's just an uninspiring place, because that's not true, because so many people love being in Sydney and love being there and feel really energized being there. I really feel that what was happening to me is that my it was the environmental trigger. My body is responding to the environmental cues. So it's taking me back to how I felt and the emotional state I was in 
when um, I was last there or, and actually not even last there, just from the pattern that it's memorized. So a subconscious pattern or program that you have within your subconscious mind means that we operate automatically, right? So it's just a subconscious program. It's happening unconsciously and we're behaving, thinking, feeling from this unconscious space. The way that a subconscious program is programmed into your mind is either through what you've downloaded as a child or through significant repetition. So if you've spent and behaved in a certain way in a particular place for a long period of time, you will create almost an an identity. And so when you're back in that space, you'll adopt that identity again, even though you've changed, you've had experienced so much change. So this is what was happening for me. No, regardless of all the change I've had and, and that I also expected this to happen, I experienced this in an even more intense way where I was behaving um, in a way that I've not behaved in, in for such a long time. I'm thinking in a way I haven't thought and I'm feeling in a way that I haven't thought for a very long time because of the environment that I'm in. The other thing that's happening here is that I am in an identity crisis because I've brought my new identity of Letitia, who was created in London, to my old identity of Letitia from Sydney, of Letitia as a child in my family life. And so I'm moving about this new new environment, but also an old environment with this new identity that I have, but behaving from this old identity. And so there is a conflict between my identity and this feels so real. So the other thing that's happening is that you're going back and you're expecting everyone to be just as excited as you, because this is a new chapter of your life. You're back home. Isn't that amazing? And the reactions that you get from others don't necessarily meet your expectations of what they should be. Now, of course, whenever we place expectations on anyone else, we always lose because our expectations aren't right, right? Everybody has their own expectations. And when we try to control other people through our expectations of them, we'll always be left to be disappointed. But what happens is, and and this is for all of us, when you're going through a life transition, when you're ending something and starting something new, you will expect everybody else to be just as excited as you. And they won't be because one, um, they have their own life that they're focusing on. And two, how can they understand what you're going through or even what questions to ask if they haven't experienced what you're going through or understand the context So this is a big, big thing. I've had this conversation with so many people and it used to make me really upset. What tends to happen if you've been living overseas and you go home to visit or you move back home is you'll find that people like people's life have just been continuing and everyone's focused on their life. And it seems to you from the outsider with this different lens that you're looking at in from that not much has changed in their life. Although really a lot has changed in their life. It's just that we're looking through different glasses at it. The other thing is, is that you'll feel that people aren't interested in the life transition you're currently going through and in all of the experiences you've just had through your life in this other country. Now, you will probably assume it's because they're not interested. Like the reason that people aren't asking questions about your life and the reason that they might be very 
self-consumed with what's happening in their life is because they're not interested in you. But what I've realized is that's not true. It's not because they're not interested. Often it's simply because they do not know what to ask. They don't know what questions to ask. Uh, or they also just don't know what's going on. They don't realize the, the, the impact of what you're currently going through. And so what we have to do is always assume the best in others. Assume that people want to be brought into your life, that they want to know what you're going through. And by assuming that, you then allow yourself to educate them. People just need to be educated about what you're going through. So sometimes we just have to start speaking about ourselves. We just have to fill people in on what we're going through. So rather than like I love to do, which is I will not give any information away until someone asks a question about it and then I will respond, but otherwise I just wouldn't reveal any information. Do not do that. (laughs) That is setting yourself up for failure because the other people do want to know. They just don't know what to ask because they haven't been through that same experience. So simply start filling them in. Hey, so I just want to let you know, I'm actually going through a really big life transition at the moment. And the reason is that actually when I last left Sydney, I was feeling so uncomfortable within myself. I really didn't know who I was. And I was seeking a lot of fulfillment through things like alcohol, through being spending a lot of time around other people and avoiding myself. When I moved to London, I wasn't able to escape myself anymore. And so over time, I started to, for the first time, learn about who I actually am. I started to realize areas that I'm interested in that I never knew about. And so I completely changed my life. I went from working in corporate to starting my own business. The work that I do is so important to me. I've intentionally created my entire life. I've had experiences that I just never thought were possible. I've traveled all over the world. I've set up a life that is completely based on my own terms. I've learned things that I just can't possibly convey because so much has changed for me. And now I'm moving back home and I don't know if I'm staying here. I don't know where I'm going next. I don't know how long I'll be here. And that is a really hard place for me to be in right now. So right now I'm feeling so much discomfort, but I'm so grateful for all of the experiences I've had. I would love to tell you about some of them and Uh, But equally, I feel a lot of resistance to being here. Okay, imagine that I went into a conversation with that. This is where I'm at at the moment. These are the things that are happening rather than assuming that the people that I'm speaking to do not want to know anything about me, that they're just not interested, that they're showing up and enjoying this conversation with me, but they don't actually, actually really care about where I've been or what I've been doing. I really feel that we have to make the assumption that every single person that comes into our path is interested in learning about us. Just imagine how different your life would be if you made that assumption from everyone. The way that you would show up would be completely different. So that doesn't then replace the fact that you expect people to have different reactions and the reactions that you get are you know, not, not what you expected. And so there is an emotional response from that. So 
I was prepared for this because I've been back once a year and I know that this is what's going to happen. And so my thinking has been able to develop over this time. So this really served me well because when I had conversations with people, I did try to bring them in more. And I was very honest with, you know, even my friends from London that, hey, I know this seems really exciting, but actually I'm going through this. uh, I'm going through a lot of resistance at the moment. I just need a place to talk about it. It's okay. I know that I'm going to be okay, but I want to just be honest about how I'm feeling. So I think really allowing yourself to allowing yourself the space to understand that the reactions from others are going to be different to what you expect them to be is a really beautiful realization to have. The next thing as a part of this expect to behave in unexpected ways is just expect yourself to feel out of place. It's like we've put something from the outside world into your home. It's new. Like maybe you've brought, you've bought a new pet and you've got a new little cute little puppy, which I really wish I had and a cute little cat maybe, which I also wish I had. And you're like, Hey beauties, this is our new space. Like you got to get to know it. At first, they're going to feel uncomfortable. They're not familiar with the new space. But over time, as you get to know them, as just through the beauty of time, they will start to become more comfortable with this new place. But at first, they will feel out of place. And that is so normal. Now, the other thing I just want to say If we think about this, when we think about going back home for the holidays, so many of us would be like, okay, I'm coming in. I'm a more evolved individual this time. I know that I'm going to accept the people, my family, just the way they are. I'm going to be triggered and I'm just going to like chill. It's fine. I'm going to chill. I'm just going to appreciate the moment. And then you get to the family dinner or the family week that you spend with your family or whatever it is, and you find yourself just behaving so irrationally, not through this evolved state that we all believe that we're in. And instead, you find yourself behaving like you're the teenager again, getting angry at your mom, angry at your dad, having arguments, feeling fed up with everything, feeling like, why can't this person control themselves? Why am I dealing with this? And you're back into this like negative spiral of thinking, even though you intended to go in in a completely different way. This, my friends, is because of the power of environment and these subconscious programs we have in our mind that create these old identities that are triggered when we're back in those environments. So just allow yourself to behave in unexpected ways and be that observer, be the fly on the wall looking in and being like, wow, isn't that so interesting the way Letitia's behaving here at the family dinner? She thought she was coming in and she was just going to be all about love and abundance and acceptance and just enjoy the moment. And she's behaving like she is 20 years old having a tantrum. I don't know if you were all behaving like that at 20, but I'm sure I would have had a, had a, a tantrum. So yeah, you've just got to allow yourself to act a little bit wild, to act in ways that you haven't acted before. And that's cool. Just to, the more we allow ourselves to be in that space, the quicker we can then choose from a place of awareness how we want to act next. Okay, so the next thing that I want to talk about then is grief. Now, I probably shouldn't talk about grief in such an um, excitable way because when you're going through grief, whether that is 
actually losing someone or whether it's the grieving that I'm talking about where you're leaving something, a relationship, like a relationship with a place or a relationship with a person or an old identity or an old chapter and you're leaving it for something new. When you go through this process, you will be going through a process of grief. And now this is something that I did not expect. So there are five stages to grief. There's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Now, in hindsight, as I look at my journey in Sydney, I can see very clearly all five stages of grief playing out. When I arrived in Sydney and in the lead up to Sydney in London while I was in Bali, I was in the stage of denial. So I was denying that I was even moving. I hadn't fully processed that that's what I was doing. So I wasn't really allowing myself to fully energetically release London. I was in denial. And so it was only once I was in Sydney and I had all these gorgeous environmental triggers happening and all of this resistance and conflict and, and, and I was in an emotional, I was on an emotional roller coaster that I was then able to really see that, whoa, I am going through something very significant here. Not only am I moving to another country, which will require its own process of grief and its own obstacles. I'm also returning home to somewhere where I have all of these environmental triggers already. And not only that, but I'm leaving somewhere that I really loved. So I have this attachment to the old chapter that I'm now leaving. So once I was in Sydney and I was experiencing all of this resistance, I was able, I had to start, I couldn't deny any longer. I wasn't in London and I wasn't going back. And so I moved into the stage of anger where I started feeling really angry. And this was difficult because I'm a rational person and I want to be really appreciative of where I am. So I'm, I spent two weeks, when I first got to Sydney, I stayed for two weeks with my family. Then I spent five weeks, we house sat at Lou's parents' place, which was wonderful because we had our own space for five weeks. And then for two weeks, I was back uh, living with my family again, which is awesome. I love my family. They're amazing. And yet I responded and I'm triggered in ways that I just can't, <laughs> can't ever anticipate that I will be triggered. So throughout this time, I'm feeling really angry, even though equally I'm appreciative and happy to be there, but because of the environmental triggers and because of all the resistance I'm feeling and because I've just now come to the realization that I actually am not living in London anymore and now I'm in Sydney back home where I have all of these like bad memories and I don't like the way that I'm behaving, now I'm angry. And so I'm feeling so annoyed. But what I did was allow myself to tell people about my anger. I said, I'm really angry. This is what I'm going through. I know I should be appreciative, but right now I'm not. I'm angry. I don't know why we made the decision to leave London. I've left it to go into the unknown and I loved my life in London. What on earth am I doing? And then after I went through that phase, I moved into bargaining. I started saying to Lou, Hey, you know, we, we can change our mind. We can go back. Like we've, we've come here. We've realized how much we love London. So let's move back. Yeah. Like we can do that. We could do that right now. I want to do it. Let's go back. Uh, come on, come on, let's go back. 
<laughs> and so then I start bargaining with Lou. And then after that, I enter the stage of depression where I'm like, okay, I am not, I'm here in Sydney and I don't want to be here. Everything in my body does not want me to be here. And yet I am here. This is where I am. And so I start to feel depressed and I allow myself to feel depressed and I navigate that and I respond to people from this place. And then eventually I reach the stage of acceptance where I finally accept that I am in Sydney. I don't have a plan. I don't know where I'm going next. I am living in the unknown in a way that I haven't before. I've left my life in London that I loved and this is where I am. And, I tr- and I'm truly coming from a place of acceptance where I'm no longer fighting. I'm no longer denying. I'm no longer angry. I'm not bargaining. I'm no longer depressed. I'm simply at a place of acceptance. And so these five stages, I just want you all to be so aware of when you're going through this process of grief, because we don't only grieve the loss of people in the physical sense, we grieve relationships we've just been in, even if it's been for five minutes. We grieve old possibilities, right? We grieve old chapters in our business. I think I've mentioned a couple of times how I I actually grieve the starting days of my business because I loved that chapter of getting started. I will grieve the chapter I just went through in 2019 in my business of accelerated growth. I will grieve that one day. But when you're going through it, it's hard to understand that that is something you will actually grieve. We grieve old identities that we have, even when they're ones that we didn't really like, like the identity of being the child or an old work identity you had or an old identity, a friendship identity, like what, whatever identity it is, you can grieve that identity. You grieve the old chapters. And so when we understand these five stages of grief, we can give ourselves the space to go through them. I think this is super, super important, which brings me to the next point that I want to make. And that is how important it is to have your own space and your own physical space, but also to create space in your life, like as in time to process what you're going through. So I mentioned at number one, to give yourself some transition time, but then equally after you've had some transition time to give yourself even more time. And so that requires you to also have your own space. One of the things we didn't do was that I didn't give myself my own physical space. So I stayed with family, then we house sat, then I stayed with family again. We did some trips away as well. And because I didn't have my own physical space to really go through that next chapter, I wasn't able to set myself up with little routines and things and to start to create that feeling of familiarity in my new space that I was creating. I also just needed my own space to process the roller coaster that I was on and to not have all of those environmental triggers. So I actually think if you are returning home like me, it's really helpful and important to maybe stay somewhere that is outside of those environments that you're familiar with so that you can come in with that fresh perspective and not constantly be dealing with those triggers. I also think you just need to give yourself way more time than you can anticipate. So what I did is I ended up 
like not going on Instagram as much. I didn't come back to the podcast when I intended. I let go of a couple of projects. I didn't meet up with all of my friends like I thought that I would. I just gave myself a lot of space to be with myself and to feel what I was going through. Now, I didn't get the physical space for myself because I thought, oh, it's great. I'll stay with family. I'll house sit. I'll do all these things. Like technically we did have our own space while we're house sitting. But in hindsight, the money that we would have invested into getting our own Airbnb or getting our own home would have been worth every dollar to to make that transition even more easeful. And so I would really feel like I had that, that space that I really needed at that time. So even if you're going home for family, I would say like try to get give yourself as much space as you can. Give yourself more space to deal with the way you're emotionally going to react. And also if you can, like stay somewhere else. Don't stay with family if you get really triggered by them. Stay, you know, in somewhere else in the suburb or stay in a different suburb. Like find a way to make the the space that you're going to something that's new that triggers new memories rather than going back to those old environmental triggers if it's something that you want to avoid and just know that even when you're going back into these phases of your life that you are as well going through a process of grief because you're being faced with an old identity you're experiencing life from this old identity but you have changed so much and so there is also this process of grief happening there just naturally Okay, so this then brings me to my next point, which is to make sure you also get yourself support. So throughout this transition, I went to a number of trainings. I started working with a kinesiologist. Her name is Zoe Bosco. She's in North Bondi. She's amazing. I heard about her through the Authentic Sex podcast with Juliet Allen, which is an amazing podcast about everything to do with like your sexual essence as a human. It's so great. I've learned so much. And I just, when I heard uh, a couple of episodes with Zoe, I was like, I need her. She's the person I need to help me through this transition that I'm going through. I went to a holding space training with Sammy Fleming, who's an awesome coach. I just absolutely adore her. And this meant that I got to sit in circle for three days while I'm learning about holding space in a in a deeper way than what I already do. But most importantly, I'm experiencing sitting in circle for three days while I'm going through all of this emotion. So all of these ways that I supported myself were so helpful. I went to a workshop with Tara Judell all about embodied flow and, you know, actually embodying the concept of flow, which I'll talk about in a moment. And this was really important too, for like just making sure I was physically supported and emotionally supported supported throughout this journey. Now, this brings me to the next point I want to make, which is about how we start to idolize what we're leaving. So I had, there were things in London that were starting to annoy me that were, that made me realize, you know what, I'm ready for something new. But as I was going through this, these five stages of grief, I started to idolize London, like everything about London was amazing. And for those of you who have been through the process of ending a relationship, you know, you do the same thing. There are reasons why the relationship doesn't work out. But then when you're in the abyss of being single, where you feel like, whoa, I'm in the unknown and I'm being triggered by all of these 
and triggers around me and this new identity and the old identity and I'm feeling out of place and I don't like it. It feels out of my comfort zone. Then you start to idolize that person. You think, wow, that was so amazing. I wish that I just had of um, seen how incredible they are. I think that we also do this with our families when we go back for the holidays, like while we're there, it's really difficult. But then when we go back and we leave, then we start to really appreciate what we just left, even though actually what we experienced might not have been as amazing. So our memory of things, you just can't rely on it because when you're going through this process of grief, it makes you see things in a way that is distorted. And so that brings me then to just making sure you realize that what when you feel like something is amazing to also just remember the reasons why you decided you're ready for something new. And then this brings me to the next point, which is all about freedom. So as I mentioned, I felt like, wow, this should be such an amazing, exciting journey for me because I have this new level of freedom. I literally have no place in the world where I have to be. I could move anywhere that I want. I don't have anything tying us down. Like Lou isn't working for anyone, so we don't have to work with his schedule. He can have all the time off in the world that he wants. And it was also really cool because Lou and I I were living together and working at home together because Lou was studying for a bit. And I thought that was really cool because I always wanted Lou to work in the business with me. And he said, I'll, I'll help you in the business too. But suddenly I had someone I was sharing my space with and I quickly realized that actually I really like working by myself. And although it's great, I love having conversations with people. I love collaborating with people. But if I'm going to go and actually start creating something, I'll use all of that creative energy, but I want to be by myself while I start physically creating whatever it is. So in the day-to-day of my coaching business and what I do in as in my work and as an entrepreneur is I want to spend a lot of that time by myself because that's the way I work best. That's not for everyone, but it definitely is for me. So I put that dream of having Lou work for me in the business to bed and I also realized that freedom is so much broader than the way that I was looking at freedom. It's not just about location freedom. It's not about being able to do whatever you want in the world. Actually, we can we limit our freedom through repetition, through our old habits. And this was something that was sparked as I went to this workshop with Tara Judell. So it was a three-day embodied flow work workshop all about embodying the concept of flow. And at the center of this was thinking about freedom. Is freedom really when we look at the world through the lens that we look at it through, which might be from our uh, perspective or the identity we've created through the habits we've created for ourselves, is that truly freedom? And if it's not, then how can we liberate ourselves from those old ways of thinking, doing, and looking at the world around us? Now, we always go back into habits, right? We go back into old ways of moving, old ways of doing things. And so this is why, although I had technically all of this freedom, I really didn't feel free because I was going back into old ways of being that felt so overwhelming to me, those environmental triggers. So 
I feel like this is really important for us all to consider when the the craving that we want for freedom is so much more than just having all the choice in the world and being completely location free. Freedom is also about being able to see new possibilities around you, being able to come at your circumstances with a new um, pair of eyes, right? With a fresh perspective, being able to look at your life in a new way. So when you feel like that is not truly where you, the place that you're in and you don't have this freedom to even look at your life in this way, you're not going to feel free. You're going to feel stuck in old ways of seeing. And that is something I think that most of us don't think about. So think about freedom in a broader sense. And we'll talk more about this in another episode, but this brings me to my next point, which is about resistance. So one of the things that really touched my heart and opened up my eyes in so many ways and completely changed the game for me was what I learned in Tara's workshop through the physical practice of, um, of embodying these concepts of freedom and resistance. So there was this exercise that Tara got us to do, and it was we needed to, uh, we worked with partners and one person laid down and the other person was like the choreographer and they had to like move your body and you just had to like follow the way that they were moving you. And then as we moved in, we moved in gradients and increased like the level um, of, of, of what your input was. So eventually it moved so that you were leading and the other person was just supporting you in the way that you're moving. And then we moved to, and this is where it gets really juicy, where the other person was physically obstructing you from moving in the way that you wanted to move. And so when we move, when we're, when we deal with an obstacle, typically we see this as obstructing us on getting to where we want to go. But what Tara was asking us to do is, can you see resistance? Can you see obstacles as creating new possibilities for you, as freeing you from the old ways of moving and doing things, of maybe freeing you from your own expectations? So we go into like, for instance, I go into this new stage of the unknown where I want to move and I want to, I want to be location free and I want to just flow with life and see where it takes me. And then I'm, I get stuck in these old patterns and I feel really uncomfortable and I feel resistant and I'm not appreciating where I am and I'm being triggered and going into all these old ways of thinking, feeling and doing things. Is that really freedom? No, it's not. And so my body creates resistance or life sends me resistance because I'm not on course with the bigger plan that life has for me. I'm not seeing all of the possibilities. So life throws me obstacles which come in the form of resistance. And what this resistance creates is an opportunity to co-create with it to lean in, an opportunity to come at your circumstances with new eyes, an opportunity to see new possibilities. This, for me, this realization that I had while we're doing this um, practice just completely changed the game for me. And it's completely changed the way that I look at resistance. Now, I've understood this to some level, but this has I understand this in a whole new way. 
If we really truly looked at the resistance that we're met with in life, looked at the obstacles, looked at what's not flowing to us, and instead, rather than seeing us, this is being like, we're the victims and this is happening to us and we want to go here, but this is stopping us from getting there. This is actually helping us get there quicker. And it's, it's helping to free us, to liberate us from our expectations and our old ways of doing things. Because all of our expectations are based on what we've done in the past. They're based on where we've been, what we've seen others do. But what we're creating, our future, the possibilities are limitless. And if we're truly innovating, we're creating new possibilities all the time out of nothing. So resistance is what allows you to innovate. Resistance is what creates new possibilities for you. Resistance is what allows you to flow with and co-create with the universe to create something even more magical than you ever could have intended. So all of the resistance that you might be feeling right now, whether you're like me returning home after living somewhere else for a while, whether you've just moved to a whole other new country like I have just done as I've moved to Cambodia, whether you've just left a relationship and now you're in this new place of being single, or perhaps you've just left the, the, the old normal of being single for a new relationship, or perhaps you're returning home for the holidays, or perhaps you're about to enter a new chapter. You've just entered a new chapter of your life and business. Perhaps you're meeting obstacles in your business, like you're not having people sign up for the launch in the way that you expected or intended, or you're in a new level in your business and you're feeling really uncomfortable, or you're having something unexpected being delivered to you. Can you see all of these obstacles as actually giving you new possibilities, as presenting new possibilities for yourself. And if you looked at those obstacles through that lens, what would change for you? And how would you feel? Would you feel more free? Because I definitely did. I felt expansive. It gave me my power back. Suddenly I realized all of the resistance I'm feeling was an opportunity for me to accept the way that I was feeling, for me to talk about it, for me to be in the mind, for me to explore other possibilities. And that is when I really allowed myself to receive this new chapter of moving to Cambodia. Because the um, the news that Lou was going to work in human rights in Cambodia had come through before this and I was very resistant. I was thinking, I don't want to go to Cambodia. I don't want to be in Sydney. I don't want to be in Cambodia. I still want to be in London. And so once I really understood this concept, I saw, whoa, life has sent me an opportunity to go to Cambodia for a reason. So rather than trying to figure out all of the best places that I want to go based on the places that I've been, which were the US and Bali... They were the places I really wanted to go. How can I flow with this opportunity to co-create something really amazing for myself? And I've got to tell you, I'm so glad that I did do that because from the moment that I stepped foot into Cambodia in Siem Reap, which was my first stop, my body relaxed and I felt like this is the place I was meant to be. Now, if I can take that hindsight with me back to Sydney, I might have showed up in Sydney in a whole different way, knowing that I was only going to be there for two months and trusting and believing that 
the opportunity that was perfect for me would be presented. All I needed were the eyes to see it. So then this brings me to my final two points, which is to also, of course, allow yourself to be to sit in that discomfort as you navigate the unknown whenever you're entering into a new chapter in your life. And as you enter into this new chapter of maybe returning home for the holidays, a new experience for yourself, can you allow yourself to be in the unknown? And remember, I've got an episode all about being in that phase of the unknown, uh, which is episode 72. So if you feel like you want to go back and listen to that again, please do, because there's lots of great takeaways I've shared there. And then I also just wanted to say that as the final point throughout this whole experience, I felt like my life was imploding. Like I literally felt like every aspect of my life was imploding, even though I was experiencing so many magical things at that time and everything, all of the resistance that I was feeling, all of the ways that my life felt like it was imploding now with the hindsight of how it all is working out, it was all happening for me. And sometimes we really do need to feel like we're blowing up all of the identities that we've created for ourselves, so that we can allow space for our next chapter. So I will share with you all where this journey ends, but because we're now at the hour mark, I need to wrap this up. There are so many lessons I've shared here today. I know it's been kind of a bit of a rant and I've just been sharing, you know, what I've been going through, but I really feel that Everything that I've been experiencing and all of these points are applicable for us all. And if I can share a little bit about what my experiences was like and what happened and what I've done to help navigate them, then I know that it will help you um, navigate easily and gracefully your life transitions as well. So to wrap up, I want to know, what about you? Are you going through a life transition at the moment? Have you been experiencing any of these stages that I've been talking about? Share with me over on Instagram at Letitia Ringe. Take a screenshot of you listening to this episode. Share with me your experience, your takeaway. Send me a message write a review, just communicate with me in some way, come and comment over on Instagram on the post sharing this episode. I would love to hear from you. And the more that we get talking about these issues, the more it benefits every single one of us. So thank you so much for listening. And I will be back next week with the next installment of this story for you all. And I'm also so excited to bring some episodes to help you all, of course, prepare for the end of the new year and the end of our current decade. So finally, just as a summary, remember that you need to give yourself some transition time, expect to behave in unexpected ways, allow yourself to go through the five stages of grief, have your own space, create your own physical space and give yourself plenty of time to navigate this transition, get yourself support, have a look at how freedom is showing up for you at the moment and where you're not feeling free and how you can open up to feeling free. Again, ask yourself, is this resistance opening up new possibilities for you? Allow yourself to sit in the unknown and be in that place of discomfort and remind yourself that whatever you're leaving, you are idolizing it. Your life feels like it's imploding, but all of this is happening for you and you are in the perfect place you can be in, which is where you are right now. 
Hey, if you're ready to create your very own purpose-driven business too, I invite you to check out my online program, Create Your Beautiful Biz. You'll learn how to create a business that allows you to make your difference and thrive using my signature feminine essence framework. Just head over to www.letitiaringe.com forward slash CYBB. Let's make creating a business beautiful. I'll see you there. 